So uh, I got some bacon. Uh, I'm going to open that bacon right here. And uh, Ian, why don't you ask a question? Are there perfluoral alcohols in that plastic? I meant a question of Jason Burns. <laughs> weird bullshit you guys are talking about. Jason, it's not bullshit. Let's talk about uh, Green or blue? Martin Rothblatt. Yeah. Martin, Martin Rothblatt. Oh, yeah. all right. So one of the things, if not the thing that I've been focusing on is transhumanism. And even Charlie Kirk, which kind of surprised me, I'm not much of a right winger. Steve Bannon started to talk about it as well, is that this transgender movement is actually the next step to transhumanism and essentially that's because they want you to disassociate from your biological reality that's one part of it they don't want you to procreate but one of the uh, pieces of evidence if not the most striking piece of evidence out there is there's a book it's called from transgender to transhuman a uh, manifesto of the freedom of form and it is written by the richest most powerful transgender person on the planet and that plant and that person's name is martin rothblatt martin rothblatt uh, wrote up all the uh laws on modern satellites started sirius so it's now sirius xm but founded that is the ceo of united therapeutics is behind xeno transplantation and also this idea of your digital self. And in this book- Real, real, real quick, sorry, T take a look at this, pull this up. <laughs> Can't make it up. On Amazon, from transgender transhuman to manifesto on the freedom of form, customers also viewed The Great Reset by Alex Jones. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that's yeah. cool. Well, that book is also selling uh, a lot, by the way. But again, because that talks about transhumanism and this is the manifesto on that, the book next to that is Virtually Human, uh, The Power and Peril of uh, Digital Immortality, another book by Rothblatt. Now, when you read this book, it is very evident from the very beginning that they are promoting the idea of billions of sexes. Okay, that's the start of the book. Now, we have billions of people on the planet. I would argue we do not have billions of sexes. And then it states that just because somebody is biologically born with a small penis or vagina, that doesn't necessarily make them a man or a woman and that there are a huge varying degrees of very feminine to very masculine. But then it tries to make the point again, in the very first page, that this is like uh, apartheid in the sense that when you uh, were born in South Africa, they would check white or black. And so male or female is that type of apartheid. And I think that is obviously ridiculous. I think this also all melds into the idea that they're trying to get you to believe that you can take any form you want. Forget about just LGBTQ plus LMNOPO, but the idea that you can transcend this physical form and identify as a unicorn with a leprechaun on the back, traveling over a rainbow into a pot of gold. Why not? It'll be achievable in the metaverse. And eventually, through transhumanism, you'll be able to do whatever you want because you're going to digitally integrate into that metaverse physically through devices like the human brain interface that Musk is pushing. So really transhumanism is two different things, right? This person is involved in things like xenotransplantation, which I would argue empowers humanity. What but, is it? So basically what you're doing is you're replacing human organs, but you're doing so in a manner where you're growing them in other mammals. And pigs are actually the chosen mammal right now. So if I need a heart or a liver, they can 
uh, genetically curate one that is going to agree with my body into this pig. They then grow it into the pig, and then they have a, a limited time span from when they harness that and give it to the person and transplant it. But obviously, the technology is going to get better. I would argue that's the type of technology that would empower a Kushner or somebody else to prolong their life. So there's a, a gentleman named Dennis Bushnell out there as well. And he is the chief scientist at NASA. He's been around since the Gemini days. And he's given several speeches and in particular has this document from July 2001 called Future Strategic Warfare 2025. And they make it very apparent in there that they are going to take hold of the evolution of human beings, that they will be able to double the longevity of light, life, but they will also be creating humanoids and genomically taking charge of the species as well. And that's just a sampler pack in there. Genetically, yeah, pretty much control. transhumanism and singularity all coming into one through the pretty much trans agenda. So, if you had the document in front of you, and you could probably find it, I, there's two different versions. There's the Reader's Digest, which is about 40 pages, and then there's a 113 page page version. But they talk about the genomic repair of the human species, and they also talk about mind children and uh, the author Hans Moravec. So, this is all this idea that essentially we're going to take charge of biology. In fact, Rothblatt's book from 1997, before from, Fram, from Transgender to Transhuman, is Unzipped Genes. And it makes the argument that we shouldn't have natural birth anymore either. And that we should be genetically creating our species based on what we want. And then, you know, putting it out there. Like, you'd have to have a license to have a child, but you couldn't even genetically have a child with your spouse or loved one. You'd have to go to the state or a corporation or whatever entity and then they would genetically create that for you you're going to be 70 years old and they're going to say i'm sorry your heart is failing and the, and you're going to go oh doc give it to me straight how long is it going to take to grow my new heart in a pig and it's going to cost more than 50 bucks it's going to be 49.95 and it'll take one week <sighs> one week i got a golf game tomorrow that's it, yeah, that's if, it if it were that easy and that were empowering us i'd be all for it right but i just don't believe with what we've been promised through medical technology, et cetera, that it's empowered the human species on the whole. And continually, we hear people like Ted Turner, for instance, say, we've got uh, too many people doing too many things, and that's why we have climate change. Bill Gates, who we discussed earlier in the broadcast, him along with Oprah Winfrey, Michael Bloomberg, George Soros, Turner, all were part of this thing called the Good Guys Club a little over a decade ago where they were portrayed as superheroes in a bid to curb overpopulation. You know, they continually say that we're bad and there's too many of us, yet they're going to solve all our problems and we're so, going to live forever. Does me, that make sense? So here's what you do. It's really simple. We're on the cusp of, for one, we can already grow these organs. This, this science has been around for a while. So that means for a lot of people that are wealthy and powerful, you can get your heart grown in a pig and it's your heart, your DNA, no need for medications. It gets transplanted into you and your body doesn't know the difference. It exists. But this level of technology and probably a lot of other technologies that they've already developed, well, they can't implement it because there's too many people. Now, how many people should we have? 500 million? That's what the Guidestones said, right? Maybe not even. Maybe a billion would be okay. Okay, well, we got a lot of useless eaters. So what do we do? We need to get rid of them. Here's an idea. We could perhaps release a uh, virus from a lab, for instance, and then 
Hopefully that will cull people who are obese, you know, or old. And then if that doesn't work, we can then tell everyone they have to get four doses of an mRNA vaccine. And maybe, you know, this vaccine could either kill or sterilize these people or something like that. And then the people who resist and stood out and survived probably will be more, they'll be more likely to be fit because COVID didn't kill them. And they're more likely to be independent thinkers, which is good for humanity in the long run. And if that doesn't do enough, bring on the nukes. Nuke every fucking city. And by the time the nukes drop, only the people who are independent, self-sufficient, new to get the fuck out of the cities or are in their, their multi-billion dollar bunkers will survive. Then you'll get the population way down on the planet to like 500 million. And then you can come out and be like, okay, everybody, now we're going to make you immortal. You see, that's how you do it. I'm not saying any of that could happen. None of it ever has, but you know. Are you aware of the uh, Deagle report for 2025? No, what's that? So Deagle is kind of like, do you know what Gartner Group is? So when I worked for a MSP company, which is a managed service provider, you have these groups that do certain polling and then predictions, and it's financial and it's technological, and Deagle is one of those groups, you know? And Deagle is one of those groups that kind of relies on open source intelligence. Um, around a decade ago, they put out uh, predictions for how many people were going to be living across the world and where they would be living. And they predict in 2025, there'll be less than 100 million of us here in the United States. 2025? Yeah, 2025. Uh, just type in Deagle 2025. D-E-A-G-L-E, I believe. Uh, 2025. And also, in the European nations, they have a sharp decline. Now, again, I'm so what, hoping... What am I looking for with Deagle? Uh, if you see the population projections, I think that that's it right there, right? Am I wrong? For yeah. 2025? So, yes, for 2025. If you did an image search, you might be able to see uh, exactly what it is because this doesn't look like the, the paper that I'm... Yeah, no, this is saying it's yeah, a that, that's Yeah, that's yeah, that's not it. Um, hopefully, you... Uh, 2025, yeah, you want to type in population on the top with it too, Tim. You'll probably find it that way. And then if you need to, go to the image searches and it should come right up. It's image it. searches? Well, if you go to the image searches... So which one is it? See it? I think that one right there in the middle, the big one. This one? And, and to the left of it are also this? projections. Yeah, those are all the numbers projections right there. And for some reason, they're they're basically predicting that the population is going down big time globally, especially. Uh, it, it, yeah, 2025, 6.7 billion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huge uh, decrease, Whoa. especially in the Western world. When was this created? That's 400 million people gone. When was this forecast? Yeah. Um, again, I so think it was in the last you, 10 you, years. It's called eugenics. It's called population control. And, it's and, happening right now. And again, I'm hoping that they're completely wrong. But if you did have some kind of a limited nuclear war where Western nations were attacked, that's one way you would take out a massive amount of people. Or now, famine. We are talking about uh, food, food shortages right now and more and more consolidation of who has that. You know, speak to what he was talking about with viruses. I want to say this. I don't trust the Defense Department. Shocking. U.S. <laughs> population by 2025, 100 million. Yeah. That's like 70% decrease. Mm-hmm. So actually, this wasn't put out that long ago because they have the 2017. So it was in the last uh, five years that they put this out. So what makes them think it's going to happen? Nukes? And they don't tell you. That's the whole thing. You, you read through it. And you're just kind of like your jaws on the floor. What could do something like that? Now, you talked about viruses. You talked about shots. I always like to point out that Moderna, who was the big proponent of the mRNA technology, partnered with DARPA, and everybody can look this up, uh, in 2013. 
And that was in October of 2013 with a $25 million grant. If you go to the X Economy article on it, it explains to you how different mRNA technology is. Real, real quick, isn't it like the number of people who got vaccinated in the United States is 70%? If you go by the numbers, again, sure, because, sure, sure, because sure. And I think that's, that's only that's, one because a lot of people point. didn't go for two. My point is, I'm pretty sure the percentage of people vaccinated in the United States is around 70%, right? I don't know. I don't know the numbers, but that's the number I just projected it. I mean, that's 70% less people. Oh, was... wait. Oh, so you're, Ian, you're saying the vaccine killed everybody. Totally. I'm a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. <laughs> um, I think that it's not out of their own possibility to release a virus on the population. It causes mass global catastrophe. Well, have you seen the show Utopia? Yes. Yeah. Where the tech billionaire who's concerned about climate change and overpopulation and makes fake meat stages a pandemic so he can fast track a vaccine that sterilizes people. Yeah. Yeah. What Did you see the se second fuck. season that was in the because it's originally a BBC show and they remade it. That was it a different Amazon. show. So there was no second season in the United States, right? No, no, no second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They did two seasons in the UK. But and that was a different show in the UK. It was it was yeah, but it was the same exact storyline. So that's was where it? they took it. Yeah, yeah. So basically they Americanized it like they Americanized The Office, ah. right? Um, and, you know, they leave you with that cliffhanger. That was a really ultra-violent show, and yeah. it kind of cartoonized a lot of it. That was a tough show to watch what, for me. Yeah. What were you saying about Moderna? You said they were par par partnering with right. the government. So didn't they patent a gene uh, sequencing to a large portion of COVID that was impossible to be made naturally? So let's talk about Do you that. hear about this, Tim? They, they partnered in 2013. Listen to this, Tim. So they partnered in 2013 in October. By 2016, they had patented a cancer drug because this mRNA technology went well beyond just uh, pandemics, both, by the way, natural and biowarfare. That's on Moderna's own page. That's why they had this partnership. So that cancer drug had a 12-string uh, DNA nucleotide that was identical to the COVID-19 virus. And I believe it was on Fox News, but uh, the CEO of Pfizer was actually put on the spot and asked about that. And he said, well, we're having our scientists look at, look at it, but you know, we're not confirming or denying that. You do have to go to the Wayback Machine for some of this. The strategic collaboration of mRNA goes beyond just Moderna and DARPA, and it extends to AstraZeneca, Merck, BARDA, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation as well. And this all occurred on 2013, and that's still on Moderna's page, their strategic collaborators partnership. So I just want to point out again, the Defense Department doesn't have to tell you the truth. If they had to tell you the truth, they wouldn't have propagandized weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. So did you hear about this, Tim? The gene sequencing for a large portion of COVID was patented by Moderna. And Say DARPA. One more time. <laughs> so in 2016, after their partnership, they put out a cancer drug and a patent for that. The cancer drug they had had a 12-sequence DNA nucleotide identical to COVID-19. So that's when, when um, scientists, when the head of Pfizer got asked on television about it. He said he was aware of those reports, but they hadn't confirmed it yet. So again, I'm not trying to speculate here, but I believe the scientist that pointed this out said that was a one in a thrill, three trillion yeah. coincidence. Yep, uh, virtually impossible to happen. We also have Bill Gates saying literally, the next pandemic will uh, be the big one. As of course, now Peter Daszak has gotten more funds to study bat coronaviruses fucking again in Laos, Vietnam, and Myanmar. It's fucking crazy. They're fucking doing bat coronavirus research again right now with a new fucking grant. 
Man, uh, we were able to handle the pandemic because running water and soap. If the running water gets shut off, then that's going to be some dirty, dirty pandemic. My man, Greg Fitzsimmons, the comedian, has a whole bit about that. He's like, you know, the USA, we're not number one because we got the best economy. We're not number one because we got the best military. We're number one because we've got running water, baby. <laughs> he just does this whole bit where he's just like, I take a shit, I give it a flush, I do a wipe, I'll give it another flush. I'm not done, I might flush it a third time. <laughs> but you're not wrong. I mean, clean water, and, and let me say this. So Dennis Bushnell, who's the head of NASA, and a lot of these restrictions that they're talking about, right, are all coming from climate change or the ecosystem collapsing. So his basis for one of his speeches at the Blue Tech Forum in 2011, is based on the idea that we are actually running out of fresh water and we need to convert something in order to feed ourselves. So he proposes us using um, saline or salt water and growing halophyte plants instead. Now, during these presentations, he also admits that the technology exists that they could utilize these uh, halophyte farms in desert areas by just re-irrigating them and that they could also create not only enough uh, food, but fuel and any type of the uh, plastics and oils that we would need that we use uh, via oil right now, and that it could solve all of our problems. So then why aren't we going into this full force if that, again, could empower humanity? Why, have, why are we not talking about it on a large scale level? It's the first time I've heard of halophyte. It's a salt-tolerant plant that grows in soil or waters of high salinity coming into contact with saline through its roots or by salt spray. That, I mean, that's incredible. I'm trying to find that uh, Deagle report. The website no longer lists it. Mm -hmm. It was archived on the Wayback Machine in 2015. But if you go to the Wayback Machine, it, it gives you a 302 error. and doesn't pull it up. And archive.is is not currently working. Mm. So Interesting. Interesting. Very, very hard to pull up. I'm, I'm going to have to find the hard copy PDF file of that because that's a, that's a lot of I what I do. Somebody who posted uh, on Facebook. And it says deagle.com slash country forecast ASPX. When you click it, it just gives you nothing. So I don't know what Deagle is. What is Deagle? Again, it's it's kind of like this open source intelligence um, apparatus that gives out production. So in other words, if you're Raytheon or right. if uh, you're one of these other big companies, if you're Lockheed, you probably subscribe to this newsletter or publication. Just like if you're a tech company, you would subscribe to Gartner, etc. So they do information polling, um, they tell you about emerging technologies, and also what's invested in them. So obviously population mass is a big deal and GDP is another big deal. Are you looking for the 2008 report? If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This is the 20 Global Trends 2025, A Transformed World. That's what I've got pulled up right here. The what? Uh, it's the Global T Trends 2025 PDF. No. Uh, I think no, this is there's, uh, there is a specific ASPX file that was linked to, and Facebook actually says, list of countries forecast 2025 by population, GDP, military expenditures, but they've removed it from their website. So, That's wild. 
I can't get archive.ph.is or whatever to load. It's just giving me the wheel of death. Wayback Machine shows, here, take a look. Here's uh, June 16th, 2015. On Facebook, it's Ju- July 8th, 2015. So it was archived right before this. When you click it and go to it, nothing. And then it redirects you to something totally different about airlines. For some reason, no idea why. Hmm. That's it. It's like, here's a bunch of airplanes. Congratulations. Have fun. That is not what I am looking for. How strange. So I talked about Bushnell again and again. And I continue to do so because he's really a high-level bureaucrat. In that same speech in 2011 and him talking about these halophytes, he says, and he also states that sustainability is a code word for your standard of living plummeting as the Asians and their billions come up. But then he discusses how this is Malthus 101. And for those not familiar with Malthusianism, that is the idea of how much is a life actually worth. On top of that, he then states very casually, we may instigate population control globally that changes everything. And in the strategic warfare document from 2001, they also have world population stabilization that changes everything. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't get to vote for population stabilization or population control. I don't know, man. Barack Obama said it best. Got too many kids. Got to blow them up. Too many of them. Is that a direct quote from Mr. Obama? (laughs) Indirect. (laughs) He's sitting there with a cigar and he's like, direct Too many kids. Got to blow them up. Vote for me. he He spoke through his actions, not through his words. Man, I've been like in a false sense of security the last 15 years. But it's been happening for like two decades at least. What's I mean, that? This trans- transition to a technocratic kind of overlord system. Absolutely. You know, it'd be crazy if everybody who got the vaccine like one day started noticing like their hair falling out. And then they're like, what's going on, man? And then one dude, he starts noticing like a hard, like hard fingernail type substance on his lip. And he's like, what, what is this? And then within like two months, people are like weird animal chimeric creatures. And one dude's got like a beak. And he's like, what have I become back? And then it's so like. So it's the Cronenberg uh, universe. Yeah, Cronenberg, dude. <laughs> people, people like, you know, Rick and Morty. Everybody gets Cronenberged. Let me say this. In that document as well, they talk about putting in binary biologics into the uh, food supply, into vitamins, and into clothing. And on top of all of this, when we're talking about transhumanism and genomically taking uh, control of the species, they also talk about the end of the haves and the have-nots. But they never talk about the have-everythings because those people are never going away. You misunderstand. You watch Star Star Wars, right? I do. I'm a big Star Wars guy. Not so So, much Star Trek, but Star Wars. So at at the end of... um of Revenge of the Sith, he's like, you were the chosen one. You were supposed to bring, you were supposed to end the Sith, not become one. And then Yoda's like, perhaps the the prophecy misread it was or whatever, you know? (laughs) Like the idea was that he was going to, Anakin was going to bring balance to the force. They assumed it meant by destroying the Sith when it actually meant destroying the Jedi, evening out the amount of Jedi to Sith. So when we're talking about the end of the haves and the haves nots, they're not saying that there's going to be have everything. They're saying they're going to kill the have-nots. That's it. Well, I kind of agree, but I think that they're trying to propose an idea of these, you know, upper middle class people. And that, that was my, you know, and Tim, this is where I first became aware of you when you and uh, Luke were down at Occupy Wall Street. And I thought that, you know, obviously 
Occupy had a lot of good things going on, but what I really hated about it was this idea of the 1%, okay? Because 1% is kind of like the kid in my class who dad owns a car dealership and they have a couple million dollars and you know he gets everything. That's not an elitist. That's somebody that's actually empowering the community by giving a bunch of people in that community jobs that are providing for their families. You know, that's not a generational family of wealth that is, you know, basically it's the 0.0001% we have to worry about. That's my my big issue. Well, we need to keep enough of the have-nots around so they can do things like make burgers for us. But we don't want so many that they fight us when we subjugate them. Well, all right. So you brought up Yuval Noah Harari, right? Did you listen to, by chance, his... I, uh, I didn't bring him up. I brought brought him up a couple oh, times. Oh, you brought he's, him up he's, there. Oh, he's sorry. Klaus oh, yeah, Schwab's yeah, yeah, right yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, uh, it was up on the screen. Yeah, his books. And not only his books, but he did a recent TEDx interview. And I thought it was extremely revealing, especially in the first like five to ten minutes. Basically, he said, there's so much uneasiness and unrest in the world because the population subconsciously understands they're not part of the next story. And that's his idea. Like his thesis is all of human civilization is based on stories that we've agreed upon, okay, and that we can become part of. But he argues the reason that people are so upset and depressed is they know they're not part of the future at all. He's basically saying that we already know we're doomed and we're not part of the future. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, well, see you later. And I was kind of like blown away that he's that open and honest about it. But then you see him talk about the end of free will, free will, him talking about how not just authoritarian and totalitarian regimes bent the knee to COVID, but supposed democratic societies did as well. And it's quite frankly, this is frightening that they're talking this way, especially when you look at the tools they have and the stealth maneuvers, for instance, in that same document that I keep bringing up, they talk about using stealth bioweapons that are time released and they don't really have their finger. They use the term fingerprintless. Okay. So you could utilize bio nanotechnology that doesn't serve as purpose for three to five years, say. And then when it does, you have the ultimate plausible deniability because it can't be traced back to them. And again, this is the open discussion of our military industrial complex over right. the last several decades. What if COVID was one of these time-released weapons that was accidentally released from a lab, and so they panicked and got a vaccine out as soon as possible, and they desperately begged you to take it for the love of God because this time-released virus will kill you, and then, you know, all these people were like, I ain't taking your dumbass vi vaccine, you're so dumb, and then they get better, like, see, COVID's not even that bad, and then two years later, it activates, and they go, uh, You know, I, I think that that's obviously farcical. I think that when you look at COVID itself and it being a very real virus, they still had to game the numbers. I'm sure you're aware that the World Health Organization- Because it was time release. You see, this is the point I'm making. The, the, if if, it, if you're, what you're saying about time release bioweapons is real, what if COVID releases, you get sick from it, but doesn't kill you for two years. And so they were desperately like, oh, this is why you got to get the vaccine. Like, look how many people are dying. Hey, people aren't getting the vaccine and they're going to die. What do we do? America will be destroyed. And they're like, shit, I don't fucking know. Just lie, justify it, and get them to get the vaccine. I find it so improbable. I find it more probable that maybe COVID is a time-released bioweapon, and maybe the worst is to come for some people that have contracted it. But I would argue that it would probably take a much longer time than the hate and lie shots that you injected into your body. I think if there was such a thing, you know, if COVID really was this, it's the monoclonal antibodies that's the real cure. 
I don't disagree Because it with was that. a thing the rich people could get that you couldn't, that the average person couldn't get. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Joe Rogan gets sick and what does he say? Monoclonal antibodies and ivermectin. I talked to him and he's like, get the monoclonal antibodies. I do. It was expensive. I think it was like two grand for, for monoclonals. Cheaper than remdesivir. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, which they But you don't get a choice. People. You don't exactly. get a choice with that. They just, you know, give it to you and then numb your body and then literally tie you down while, of course, putting you in a forced coma as you get organ failure because of that. But no, also, Tim, if they, if they wanted you to take the vaccine, if that was the scenario, the, the hypotheses that you lay out, laid out, they would have just said, hey, this is a bioweapon. You got to take this fucking vaccine. You're going right. to die in a few years. Yep. <laughs> right? That's true. Yeah. They, well, they didn't yeah. do that. Well, with that Moderna partnership. Well, no, no, hold on. Because people would have want, declared war. People would have lost their minds. And it was U.S. funded bullshit. People already lost their minds. They were they were sanitizing grocery bags from the store. That's but like yeah, but not against. We were funding COVID. We accidentally released a bioweapon. People would have rose up against the government. They didn't. They they could have just said, "Hey, this is a a weapon that was released." Oh right. You know they could have said. They're not going to say. Yeah, they said Russia did it. Yeah, exactly. Then they would have gotten all the warmongering and gotten people to take the vaccine. Yeah. I think if there was anything, it's going to be the expensive treatments. You're going to wake up one day and see the news and it's going to be like, people are dropping dead suddenly for some reason. Could you imagine if like you went on Google and typed in die suddenly and there were just like thousands of articles? Could you imagine like something like that happening? <laughs> That's so, so you know, bizarre. But like one day you'll wake up and that'll happen and you'll be like, what's going on? And then you'll hear a knock at the door and you'll be like, is, is someone there? And then you'll hear it again. And then you'll open the door and there's standing Bill Gates and he goes, you work for me now. And you're like, no, no. And see, the thing is, COVID was the bioweapon. And now you're dependent upon drugs from Bill Gates. You got to do what he says. And those who, were, who got vaccinated just died. And those who lived now will have to go every so often to the clinic to get their, their treatment. Otherwise, they'll succumb as well. It's, I don't even, I'm not con- as concerned with you work for me now as I own you now, because when the Supreme Court made it legal to own life, they patent, you can patent life and now own that. If, if something can be injected into you that alters your genome into the owned state, then are you not technically owned by the company that owns that genome? Bill Gates is going to knock on Ian's door and Ian's going to like, he's like, the, you know, the curtains are drawn. The news is like, people are dead. Who, who is it? And he's going to hear the knock again. And then he's going to open the door and Bill Gates is going to go, you're mine now, bitch. And then he's going to grab Ian by the hair and then pull him in and just kiss him passionately <laughs> and then put his arm around him. And Ian's going to be like, no, not in my arm. <laughs> and then, but like, so you'll maybe be able to argue, no, you don't own me because I, I didn't have this genetic uh, code until after you injected me with your thing, but the babies injected that injected you with his thing. Yeah, huh? fuck that. Shit. <laughs> but the babies that are born post injection that are born with that genomic process, then would they not yep. be owned by the corporation that has the patent? After he injects you with his thing, what comes out belongs to him. I'm very concerned. It was 2011 when all this shit started popping off when the Supreme Court made it legal to patent life. It was like oh, we got to do the Bill what Gates. The fuck. So I'm gonna. I gotta talk to Kent. We gotta do the Bill Gates gag, the one that we we, we came up with a long time ago. We never oh, yeah, did because yeah, YouTube yeah. would ban us. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Don't put your thing in me. Don't put your. Th- All right. Well, that was crazy, Jason. Thanks for hanging out. It's been a blast. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had a really fun time. Right on. And for all of you members, you make it possible. So seriously, thank you all so much for your support. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>